Welcome to the My Mindful Matt Moment. Today, we interview Victoria Lovett, a speech-language pathologist with extensive experience working with young children learning to speak, as well as those needing language rehabilitation after brain trauma. We will discuss how parents can help their children learn to speak, how mindfulness plays a role in that learning process, and how parents can use rephrasing to connect and communicate with each child. Links to Victoria's work and courses on child speech pathology are in today's show notes. Tell us about yourself. My name is Victoria Levitt. I am a speech-language pathologist, and I have worked in hospitals um, with patients who have had brain injuries, helping to rehabilitate language into their lives. And I've also worked with um, pediatric clients, um, with young preschool children who are learning to um, learning language for the first time. <laughs> I went to BYU for both my undergrad and graduate degrees, and. Um, I am a mom of three children. I have a five-year-old, a two-year-old, and a five-month-old, and they are the best. <laughs> um, I worked at a school for years and years, and um, when I decided to stay home with my children, um, I actually started an Instagram account to kind of raise awareness of speech therapy and speech um, speech and language development um, for parents because I kind of I saw this lack of information. It feels like anytime I would um, tell people that I'm a speech therapist, I would just get bombarded with questions of, "Is this okay? Is this normal? What do I do about this?" Ah, um, and so I started an Instagram account with um, a friend from graduate school just to answer questions and to. Um, help parents feel empowered about teaching their children language. Tell us about the power of positive language interaction. I want to focus on these two main areas of positive language interaction and development with children. Um, the first is when they very first start learning language. When babies first start learning language, we really want to make it fun and positive. So um, we want to reward and really praise the any attempt that our child makes to communicate and that starts even from birth like when they make eye contact with you when they're what two three weeks old you want to make eye contact with them back right you want to make that like a positive experience for them you know and smile and just light up and just you know i don't know um that makes sense and then as they get a little bit older, when they start babbling or playing with vocal sounds, you want to make that really positive as well um, by babbling back to them. When they say ba, 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 then you can do that right back to them. And it kind of gets this, um, we call it the reciprocal nature of communication. So the back and forth, you say something and I respond, and then you can respond back to me, back and forth, back and forth. Um, so really encouraging their babble and their vocal play by babbling back to them. And you can also speak back to them. So if they start babbling to you, you can also, it's just as good to say real words like, yeah, that is a ball. It's a ball, a ba 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 ball. Um, a lot of parents have asked us, should I babble back to my baby or should I use real words back to them? And it 
it just depends. Whatever you want to do, both are really um, engaging and really um, appropriate to do with your children. Well, it seems to make sense as well if you're talking about that reciprocity and communication that you're essentially helping to reinforce that their interactions with other people and their caregivers certainly in the outside world that there's you know yes. that that response does come back right that you're you're creating that feedback loop mm-hmm. Definitely. which would hopefully I mean I would I presume that we're wired to respond positively to that so that we want to engage more and so we end up practicing the communication more does that is that sound yes. accurate yes that is 100% accurate it's kind of innate in us to to want that um feedback from someone else in our environment right Mm -hmm. Um, and then also we have we talk about this on our page a little bit mirror neurons which is kind of a hot topic right now in um, neurology just saying that um, babies are wired their brains are wired to see things and want to um, copy them mirror them Um, and there's actually neurons in your brain that are specifically for that function to see Mm -hmm. somebody do something and want to try to do that as well. It's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, so with babbling, they see you babbling and they're like, Oh, I can do that. I can play with my mouth. I can make funny, silly sounds, even raspberries. I can buzz my lips, you know? Um, and it's just encouraging and, and positive. It's a positive interaction with your baby. Yeah, no, that's excellent. Great. So do you have any insights from speech pathology or your own practice as a mom um, as, as it pertains to mindfulness or in, in trying to, uh, to find that recentering that comes from, from taking time to be intentional about the way that you're thinking and the way that you are towards yourself or the world? Yes, definitely. In practicing language skills, once babies or once toddlers have learned a few words, um, kind of that mindfulness of the interaction you're having with them. I think sometimes parents can get caught in this rut of asking question after question, kind of firing, what's this? What does this do? What color is this? What animal is this? What, you know, just firing questions, Um, but really being intentional about your um, interactions with your child um, by stating comments, by saying, oh, that is an animal that says moo. It looks like a cow. The cow has brown spots. You know, um, just being intentional about modeling different language to your child. So if you're just firing question after question, then they're not hearing um, different adjectives or different phrases that, that you could be modeling for them. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. I think that to restate what you're saying, it sounds like it's helpful to engage with your child and not just responding, but maybe in, in trying to be aware of what they may or may not understand about what it is that they're engaging with in the world. So if they are making an observation about something, it helps to enrich that observation yes. with, you know, with, with the broader context that things are in yes. and that that helps them to not only develop maybe more observation and appreciation of what they're observing, but also of their own vocabulary to, to learn new definitely, words. Definitely. Definitely. Yes. Um, just making it kind of going back to that, that reciprocal nature of communication. Um, you know, they make an observation and instead of just firing another question to, at them, you can make an observation and expand on what they're, um, what they're observing and that exposes them to more language. So definitely. 
That makes a lot of sense. I think that at least for me as a parent, trying to remember to do that seems like that feels a little daunting mm. to me to make sure that, you know, to almost be like, okay, now I have to remember to do these things. Mm. Do you have any tips or ideas on how to make it so that it's a natural thing that we do that they're the, the triggers of everyday life lead us to engage with our children in that way? Hmm, that's a great question. I think focusing on positive interactions, <laughs> like just focusing on being present with your child and really enjoying um, being with them, talking with them, learning from them, you know, seeing the world through their eyes um, can make a big difference rather than, okay, I need to test them. I need to make sure they know all their colors. I need to make sure they, you know, know all the animal sounds, you know, rather than focusing on checklist and checklist, just kind of, um, yeah, just enjoying their personalities, enjoying their learning process, I think would be my biggest um, tip of advice. <laughs> Do you feel like as parents that we need to take some time to engage with our own world so that we're able to make observations and observe things that we can then share with our children? Yes, definitely. I think um, as parents, if we can be mindful of our own, um, what's going on in our mind, you know, that mindfulness, if we can tune in to our own um, thoughts and patterns, then we can um, find things that we want to either enhance for our children or, you know, I guess maybe downplay for our children, you know, like I'm thinking of like negative thought patterns, you know, like um, if you're constantly in your head thinking, no, I can't do that. I'm not good at that. I can't do that. Um, that's going to get in the way of interacting with your children and making positive interactions with them. Um, whereas if you were mindful of that saying, no, I don't need to constantly berate myself. Um, you know, I can just let these feelings come and I can let these feelings go. Um, I think we can um, better focus on what our children need at that moment. Along with that, I wanted to um, talk a little bit about rephrasing. So um, in making language fun and positive for children, um, it's important to think about how we're phrasing things. So instead of saying, no, I said no more books tonight, we can kind of reframe that or rephrase that to be like, yes, I would love to keep reading books with you, but um, it's bedtime now and we need to get sleep, right? So instead of no, 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 it's yes, I would love, I know that you love reading books. Um, let's do that first thing when we wake up in the morning, or maybe not that, because that would like make them wake up early, right? I know that's what my son would do. <laughs> um, but yes, you love reading. I love reading with you. Tomorrow, we're going to read even more books, you know, um, just kind of reframing it to be positive, to help them feel positive about their interaction with you. I feel like that probably helps you connect with them as well. Yeah. Yeah. Because if we, instead of it being a, you know, I'm saying this, you know, I'm in charge, yes. we're, I'm up here, you're down mm -hmm. here. I mean, there is a, par a parent role, but there's also this aspect of connection where, you know, we are, we're working on this together and we want to, we want to connect over yeah. books. 
but there's a time and a place to make Yeah, let's find a solution together. Totally. And I love that. It really does um, open up the um, gate for more communication. So if you say, uh, and of course, there's a time and a place to say, no, we need to stop, you know. Um, but if you can reframe it to, um, rather than saying, no, we can't go to the park today, saying, oh, that's a really good idea. I like going to the park. My favorite thing to do at the park is this. Um, and then they can talk about their favorite thing to do at the park. And then you can say, but we can't go to the park right now because we really need to finish our lunch. You know, so just um, instead of just stopping conversations as no, we can't stop it, stop it. No, you know, just kind of adding communication, adding color into your interactions with your children. You guys asked for tips on like how to make language learning positive. I think sometimes parents anticipate needs and anticipate their children's reactions to things so that they cut it short. So Instead of waiting for your child to ask for their milk in the morning, you just hand it to them and get on with your day and keep going. Um, whereas if you created an opportunity for them to ask for milk, that creates an opportunity for them to practice language. So instead of just going through your routine and just getting, you know, minimal language and just trying to get through the day, you know, kind of pause and take moments to be like, how can I get my child to practice their language? I feel like we as parents are always yes. rushing yes. all the time. And so it's it's easy to jump to, you know, handing all these things mm -hmm. to our kids or or assuming what their mm -hmm. needs are. And but I think that, you know, beyond even just the language, I like that because not only is it teaching them how to use their words to ask for the things mm -hmm. they need or, or the vocabulary that goes with it. I think it helps them as children to be able to understand what yeah. they need and to be able to, to process that and think through that and to, Definitely. to know um, and come to understand themselves. Definitely. Yeah. And in the case of like tantrums, uh, when they don't know, you know, they're upset about something, we can give them the language. We can give them the words. Oh man, you are really mad that you couldn't um, go to your friend's house right now. You are just so frustrated. You thought that we would get home from the park and you would get to run straight to your friend's house. But actually, mom wants you to eat some lunch right now. I've used that example a few times. <laughs> I guess that happened to me today. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, like giving them that language and... Um, talking it through them kind of helps them. Oh yeah, I am mad about that. That is why I'm, you know, upset right now. My, you know, I'm clenching my fist and that is why I'm, you know, breathing heavy and I'm just getting really angry. I'm getting really angry, you know? And so giving them that language um, can help them not only learn those vocabulary words, but also um, process it, you know, through, through mindfulness. I think it's great. I've, I've been thinking, as you've been talking about, what long-term benefits could potentially come from interacting that way, as simple as a child knowing how to ask for help in mm. general. Because as adults, I think that sometimes we don't know how to ask for help. I mean, obviously, we're not at the stage that we need to ask for help for getting the milk, but sometimes yeah. we we forget how to communicate, even totally. those types of Totally, yeah. Definitely. I'm thinking about, like, with my husband, just, like, 
instead of me just getting really angry and and passive aggressive towards him, you know, I can say, you know what, I really need help getting these three kids to bed right now, or I really need help getting out the door or, you know, yeah. And, and realizing that we, we can ask for help. We can, and it doesn't, you know, mean that we're incompetent or that, you know, any of that, it just means we need help. And yeah, I love that. I wonder, you know, even applying that into self-talk, which I, I don't normally think about very Mm. consciously, but you know, do I do the same thing where I'm walking through what I actually right. need? Yes. How to put no, I love that. I, that is so funny. Self-talk is actually a huge part of teaching um, children language. We call it parallel talk. And um, it's like narrating your actions. Like, oh, I'm going to put my shoes on, you know, just talking constantly about what you're doing. And it exposes your children to those vocabulary words. But also, like, I love that you just said the self-talk of being positive and like reframing things in a positive light about yourself. And not only doing that, like, in your mind, like they typically talk about it, but like, um, actually verbalizing that so that your children can hear it. um, And then get that example of the actual words, you know, to learn the vocabulary, but also the mentality of that, of I can forgive myself. I can, you know, think of myself in a positive way. I can learn from mistakes and still have a positive outlook. I love that. That was so good. Yeah, I love that too. I feel like I need to apply that in the sense of, you know, talking out loud like you're Mm -hmm. saying in a way that that could affect my children where it's like, oh, I did make this mistake. Here's what I'm going to do about it. Here's how I'm going to make something and doing that Mm -hmm. out loud that not only affects me, but also an example. Definitely. Yeah. And even further, um, going back to emotions, like, oh, I did make I did make that mistake. And I'm a little frustrated about that. But what's the next best step, right? Is that what Anna says in Frozen 2? <laughs> right. <laughs> I love that so much. I love what's the next best step? What can I do next to um, bring back, you know, happiness and peace and, um, you know, calmness in my life, I guess. <laughs> We'd like to thank Victoria for speaking with us on today's My Mindful Mat moment. We hope that this podcast, as well as resources at MyMindfulMat.com, will help all of us become more mindful, intentional parents. If you don't have a My Mindful Mat, you can learn more and order now at MyMindfulMat.com. Other resources and mindfulness activities are also available at MyMindfulMat.com. If you have questions or suggestions for future podcast episodes, please share them with us by visiting one of our social media pages or by contacting us at coriaria.com. That's C-O-R-I-A-R-I-A dot com. Thank you for joining us for a My Mindful Matt moment today.